And she wants to meet his need and make the house a safe place, a soft place. Sometimes we get so busy taking care of everybody else that we're not taking care of one another. It is biblical to make your mate your ministry. Psalms 128 and Galatians chapter 6. In Psalms, I will read verses 1 through 4. In Galatians, I will start in verse 7. The first verse that we are going to read is that in Psalms 128 verse 1. I am reading out of the King James Version. And it reads as such in our hearing. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat of the labors of thy hands. Happy shall or blessed shall thou be and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house. Thy children like olive plants around about thy table. Behold, that this shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. I will begin reading in verse 7. Galatians chapter 6. And I'll begin reading in verse 7. And it reads as such in our hearing. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. For as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially them that are of the household of faith. Amen. 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 You shall reap what you sow. <laughs> Matter of fact, you not only reap, but you will reap later than you sow. You reap more than you sow. <laughs> Father, even now, bring all things back to my remembrance. Move Tracy out of the way. Allow there to be a manifestation of your glory. Father, speak to us. Of myself and in myself, I can do nothing. 
So, Father, give increase. Father, even now, give increase. Speak to the innermost soul, the innermost core of our beings. Let it be that we can identify what the message is saying. Father, even through your word, meet us where we are, but move us to where you want us to be. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You shall reap what you sow. From a biblical perspective, mainly what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, not just through the last couple of weeks, but even in my preaching, I try to give you biblical principles to live by. I try to lay foundations and give you nuggets of truth that you can apply in your life that will work for you as you live your everyday life. The Bible is full of principles that mean spiritual law, that if we apply them and we are consistent in applying them, they will yield fruit in our lives. The Bible is true. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, and if you, if you, if you apply yourself, if we, if we put ourselves up under the word and do what the word, what the truth tells us to do, sooner or later, it will bring forth in your life the promises that it promised it will bring. It is like gravity. It's just there. It's just there. Gravity is a natural law, but there are spiritual laws that work, that are real, that, that govern our living every day. And we can either walk in it or not. Now, when I started saying that you shall reap what you sow, a lot of us went to the negative. But the truth of the matter is, the principle is neither negative are positive, it determines on how you use it. It is neutral. It is in the middle. And really, it is good news if you use it for good news. But if you want to plant bad seeds, then it's bad news. God does not place a negativity upon it. He has just given us a fact that you plant seeds. And whether you plant good ones or bad ones, know that a harvest is coming. That's just the way it is. Now, I've been applying these principles in marriage because this applies in every relationship. It applies in pouring into your wife. It applies in pouring into your husband. And sometimes the reason why we have difficulty because you got to wait on the harvest. My brother and sister, don't you know that it takes faith to work the principles of God? See, we are in a culture that we want our stuff right now. We want the blessing right now. But there's some things you got to wait on. And when you trust God, you wait on God until he either changed things or 
he give you enough grace to go through. Yes, this works in the marriage principle, but I think there are some things we ought to know before we get married. I know it's youth and young adults. Listen, if you just start applying this principle when you get married, you're already working out of the negative. Y'all don't hear me. Listen, for, is there any single folks in the house? I mean, you don't have to be old to be single. You don't have to be young to be single. Is there any widows in the house, divorcees in the house? See, I'm going to try to speak to you today just a little bit more because I believe that even if you are young, you ought to be careful what you're doing. We think that we can just do anything before we get married. Then once we get married, we're going to clean up our act. How can I say this? I'm just going to say it. Some of us are married. is going through the H-E-L-L that we're going through because of the bad seeds we planted before we got married. You can't treat anybody. Let me speak to the young man. My brothers in the Lord. Let me save you some gray hair. When you are dating, you need to treat the young lady like she's your sister. You ought to treat them like you would want somebody to treat your mama. Because if you do her wrong, just don't think you're going to walk away from that relationship and be okay. Don't you know that the seeds... Let Let me step up. Let me step back. Because I not just got to talk to the young men. There's some, there's some treacherous young ladies out there. Things has changed. Not only on one side, it's on both sides. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Burr said they don't have to be young ladies. They can be some old ladies that are... I'm sorry, man. I put those words in your mouth then. I'm sorry, man. We have gotten to the place that we think we can do any old thing to anybody and get away with it. Listen, if you reap bad seeds in relationship, Guess where the fruit is going to come up? In relationship. And it may come up after you are married and doing what you're supposed to do. I'm just talking about principles. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you the truth talking to a father over a daughter and he was unhappy about the young man that his daughter was dating. And this is what he kept on saying to me. I know why this is happening and it's my fault. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking to my mom. I said, wait a minute, your your daughter is, is above 18. You, you did not pick this young man for her. 
So she's not listening. And what he saw was he saw the young man as being no good because the young man reminded him of himself when he was out there. And even though he had cleaned up his act at this time, what he saw in the situation, he saw this young man doing to his daughter what he had done to somebody else's daughter. I'm going to stop there and let you think about that. And his heart was breaking because the daughter that he loved, the daughters that he loved, he saw them going through heartaches caused by somebody else. But God reminded him, you have done the same thing. Listen. Don't ever say that somebody is reaping what they're sowing because you're standing on the outside looking in. You don't know. But when it's happening to you, God will let you know. You know, and when he told me that, I didn't say no. You know what? I kept my mouth shut. It wasn't for me to say yeah or no. That was God's business dealing with him. And the only thing I could do is pray with him. But he just kept on saying, I know why. And it's my fault. Listen. Oh, man. Listen. 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 See, I can deal with, with God's grace, the consequences when it happened to me. But when it fall down to the next generation and you see them acting just like you, that's a heartache that hurts all the time. What am I saying? This is what I'm saying. Young folks, I hate the dating game that we have in America because some of you is like 18 and you have been through some deep relationships and it's almost as though you've been married three and four and five times. Let me speak to some mamas in the house. Don't let your 13, 14, 15 year old girl date seriously. They are not emotionally ready. So what if they get mad at you? It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. They can't handle it. In relationships. Until you know who you are, you ain't ready to give your heart to nobody else. You're right. There's some grown folks that ain't ready for relationship because they don't know who they are. And you can lose yourself. 
and become something that you ought not to be trying to please somebody. You can do bad all by yourself. I agree with Beyonce. Make him put a ring on it. If he likes it that much, before he gets all of it, or even some of it, make him put a ring on it and say, I do. Did you know what you do now is going to carry over into your future? Did you know the decisions you make now will carry over into the future? Did you know that everything we do, God sees it and knows it? Listen, you may get by for now, but you don't get away. There's folks who committed crimes 20 years ago. And the statute of limitation haven't ran out. Don't change their name, their, li their, their, their liability. And sometimes it catches up with you. Talking to a pastor who's working with the CBG, he said, I just got down from court. He said there was a grandmother who was down there that they were ready to send her to jail. It was something that happened 20 years ago. What happened was she was having a difficult time, and she did some stuff where she was receiving money from the government that she wasn't supposed to receive. When she got caught back then, her husband was in the process of paying it off. But what happened is he died. And she thought, not sure, it was paid off. Now here she is in her 60s. And now she's standing up before the court, owing something like $3,000 and ready to go to jail. This pastor said, she was on my heart. I went down there. I paid it, somebody else paid the other half to get her out of trouble. Now, what happened? Somebody said that's unfair. But what happened is something that she did long time ago caught up with her. And even though she ain't in the same place, not doing the same thing, probably forgot about it. Thought it was taken care of. It came back. Hold on. And that happens in the natural. How much is it going to happen in the spiritual? So all I'm saying is you ought to be careful how you treat other folks. You ought to be. There's a lot of folks that are walking around broken hearted. Did you know that some stuff that you have done to other folks, they will never get over? How can I say this? Why are you going to mess up somebody else's future wife? 
Did you hear me? You know you don't like her. You know she ain't for you. Because in the dating game, young folks, you ought to be interviewing for your future wife. And if they don't fit the bill, don't mess with what's not yours. And it's not yours till you put a ring on it. Matter of fact, I take that back. After you put the ring on it and stand before the preacher and say, I do. In the Old Testament, I think they had it right. There's a diary. You had to pay the father for the hand of, the do- of his daughter. You know why? He wanted to know you could take care of her. And if she was worth a whole lot, you had to pay a whole lot. Guess what? You're going to pay it sooner or later. This principle plays within the marriage because in Psalms 128, you have this man, and in some, it says, whosoever walketh in the way of the Lord. But some translations say, the man who walketh, I agree with, the man who walketh in the way of the Lord who fears God. Why? Because he is a farmer. This principle is about spiritual farming. We all get seeds. Every one of us got seeds. The problem is, what do you do with your seeds? You get bad seeds, you get good seeds. That's choice. When you make bad choices, you plant bad seeds. When you make good choices, you plant good seeds. Now, what happens when you plant bad seeds? You're going to yield a bad harvest. You know, you know what the funny thing is? I can plant one seed. I get it later, and it produces more than what I planted. If I plant a grape seed and a, and a vine comes up from that one single terry seed, I get a lot of grapes. Matter of fact, you at we get bunches. The later it comes up, the more you get. Hold on, wait a minute now. That can be good. Because if you've been planting good things, guess what? Your harvest may not came in yet, but keep on waiting. Let me bring this down. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me bring this down. Be careful how you treat yourself. This, how can you be, how can you have intimacy in a human relationship when you haven't learned how to have intimacy with God? God wants spiritual intimacy with every one of us. Matter of fact, make the disclaimer that you can't be intimate, intimate with nobody on an emotional basis until you know how to be intimate with God. Some would say, okay, let me prove that. Who made relationship? Who is the first one that had a relationship with Adam? Who wants the number one relationship with you? 
If God is the number one relationship, then doesn't that flow into every other relationship that you have? So if you don't have a relationship with God, how can you have a proper relationship with anybody else? It starts with God, and then it trickles down because God is the one that shows you and gives you unconditional love. God is the one that looks past your faults and sees your needs. God is the one who picked you, chose you, adopted you, filled you, loved you, holds you, fixes you. Matter of fact, to be honest with it, until you know God, you don't even know yourself. You cannot have a true estimation of your worth and value until you know God. Listen, just the fact in Genesis 1.26 that you was born in the image of God, that gives you inherent value and worth. Not based on how much money you got. Not based on how good you look. Not based on the type of clothes you wear. Just the fact that you was made in the image of God. Had a young man, matter of fact, young ladies, sometimes come to me and, and, and they feel like that they were a mistake. You know, when parents don't act right, it affects the children. Children of divorce are affected more by, by the divorce than the parents. I mean, how can I say this? There's some dads that don't know how to be fathers. There's some mothers who don't know how to be mothers. Let me give you an example. Let me speak to the younger sisters on that. Don't let any man babysit your baby. You go off to work and you got this. Laying up in your bed, eating your food. Wearing the clothes you put on his back. Then taking care of somebody's baby. You don't know. You don't know what he's doing with your baby. It used to be a time mothers would die for their children. There used to be a time if you mess with their children, they would take you out of here. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Until you know who you are, you will settle for anything. I'm going to say it again. You can do bad by yourself. You can do good by you. We got to get to the place that we are so full of God that regardless what position you find yourself in, you satisfied? Got to get to the place. If God never bring a man or a woman your way, 
that you can say, wait a minute, I'm satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied with Jesus in my heart. I mean, not just saying it, I mean living this thing out. There's a reality in knowing him. There's a reality in knowing him. You see, when you know who you are, you walk differently. When you know who you are, you dress different. Hold on. Secret. You know, when they wear the skirts way up here, when they got stuff hanging out from here, the problem is they don't know who they are and whose they are. Because when you're a child of the king, when you know, when you know, when you know, when you, when you know that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, you know you ain't dressing properly. And you would say, I got a chance. I don't feel comfortable because I'm somebody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, if you carry yourself right, you know those fellas that got the grill across their mouth? You know those fellas that got the pants down to their ankles? You know those fellas that hang it on the corner? You can walk right by them and they won't say nothing to you because they know that they don't got nothing to bring to the table. They know you're out of their league. They know they have nothing coming. So they call you ma'am, missus, all that because you walk like you know who you are. There's an essence, there's an aura that they don't even look your way. Not because you're not cute. Not because you don't got it going on. The fact that you got too much going on. A boy know he can't handle a woman. He just knows it. When you got your act together, a girl knows she can't handle a man. What are we allowing to ooze out of our lives? It starts with the primary relationship, our relationship with God. And whether you find yourself in a difficult marriage, whether you find yourself Divorce, where you find yourself in the singleness. You are sowing into the spirit, and God is sowing back into your spirit, and it transcends whatever circumstance you find yourself in. You can get Jody cute for yourself. For yourself, by yourself. Because you look in the mirror and wink your eyes at yourself.
but I perfume cologne for yourself. Don't nobody have to tell you you're cute. You know you. God will let you know you got it on. Listen. I'm not talking about being superior to nobody. But I'm also not talking about having low self-esteem. We swing between the two extremes. We swing between having such arrogance, we think we're better than anybody else. That's not of God, that's you. Matter of fact, arrogance is a sign of insecurity. What makes you feel better? You think you're better than everybody else? Do that make you feel good? That's not of God. That's insecurity. Wait a minute. We all was made of dirt. And when you die, you're going back to dirt. And what you have in your spirit, you didn't do it yourself. God did it. If you are gifted and highly favored, you ought to give God praise because you didn't do it. If you're anointed, you ought to give God praise because you didn't do it. God, God, while you was in your mother's womb, and Psalms 139 was in a process putting you together, he mapped out your DNA blueprint. He knew what color you was going to be. He knew how big your eyes was going to be. He knew the ears and what shape it. God worked it out. God don't make junk. Maybe your mama and daddy wasn't expecting you, but God was expecting you. Listen, 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 listen. Just because Joe and Omarine got together, did not mean that Tracy was going to be born. Before Joe and Omarine was born, God already had mapped out a Tracy. And maybe your mama and daddy wasn't married. And maybe they wasn't expecting you. But unless God ordained it, and maybe they did it the wrong way, but still God ordained that there would be a you. Before your mama and daddy was born, God already had in his mind you. Listen, God ain't adding to the program. The program is already finished. So that means that God started at the beginning. Now, I take that back. He didn't start at the beginning. He started at the end. Went to the beginning. It was already in the mind of God. And what he spoke into existence was that which was already worked out in his mind. Which means that if you're here, that before the heaven and earth, before star God started forming that, he called into existence you. You are no accident. And if God made you, if God ordained you, you ought to give God some praise because God don't make no jump. Some of the most gifted people, folks don't know what to do with them. 
You don't fit a mold. So mama and daddy didn't know what to do with you. You know what you need to do? You need to go through Ephesians chapter 1. Read it and get it in your spirit. Go through Ephesians chapter 2. And look what God says about you. He said he chose you. He elected you. He predestined you. He adopted you. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. He sealed you. He made you. He is creating you. He is forming you. He is transforming you in spite of you. God is working on you. He loved you. He is, he is, he is, he is doing something special in you. You are to the praise of his glory. That's how good he is. You ought to tell yourself, I am somebody. I'm a child of the king. I've been washed in the blood. I'm a saint. I'm a holy nation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a child of God. I'm his own possession. God has favor on me. God has anointed me. God has appointed me. God has a future for me. God has a destiny for me. God ain't finished with me. He's up to something just for me. And when he gets finished with me, he's taking me up to heaven that I may live with him just for me. Just for me. You ought to get so filled up with the love of God that when somebody tells you that they love you, it don't blow your mind. When somebody tells you're beautiful, God goal was to be the best at what I was doing. You know what? Out of church doing everything I thought I was big enough and bad enough to do. Am I telling anybody's story? <laughs> I thank God that God doesn't throw us away. I thank God that when we halfway killed ourselves, he steps in right on time. I thank God that even when we go out the way, if he got purpose for you, and he does, he will snatch you back right on time. I thank God that God knows how to get your attention. At the age of about 19, God started working with me, put me in a circumstance where I needed God. You know what the funny thing is? My closest friends were the ones that was a year ahead of me. And when they graduated, they, went, they all went into the service. God left me by myself. Did you know that God would put barbed wire fence around you? And won't let nobody get close to you? He'll make you seek him. See, the situation I was in, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a dangerous situation. It was a demonic situation. I needed God. And I started seeking him. I mean, wasn't in church. Quit all the stuff I was doing. I was devouring the Bible. I was praying three times a day. God became my best friend. 
The Lord Jesus Christ became my everything. Start writing poems and all that to him. Never done nothing like that before. I mean, I would pray at least three times a day. I mean, on my knees, privately with him. Though at the third time I get down on my knees, the Holy Spirit would just fall on me. You know, I guess I had so much hell in me, God couldn't get me around folks. He had to deal with me all by myself. After about two years of that, God, I was mad at God. It's lonely when you are by yourself. You can be in a room full of people and you still are. Folks don't have a clue what you're going through, and what you're going through is too deep for anybody to understand. So instead of telling folks, you keep your mouth shut. But I said to God, I said, don't I deserve somebody? I need somebody to walk with me. Lord, bring a young lady my way. Lord, you got me. I've been keeping myself celebrate since you saved me. Now, Lord, I need you to do something. And I was arguing, and it was almost like Jesus was in the room. I believe it was the voice of Jesus. And this is what he said. He said, you got me. I turned around expecting to see somebody in the room. I heard it as clear as day. There was nobody in the room. And the voice sounded like my Lord Jesus. I turned and said, okay, if you saying you can keep me, okay, if you saying you can love the hurt away, okay, if you saying you can make the loneliness go away, then Lord, I'm going to trust you. I tell you what, he will make you okay by yourself. Oh, yes, he will. My fact, this is what I believe. Until you learn to be okay by yourself, you're not going to be okay with nobody else. Until you know that Jesus can keep. Wait a minute. How can you take two broken people and expect them to make you okay. That bow is expecting you to make him okay. That female is expecting you to make her okay. And, when, and neither one of y'all can make neither one okay. Why? Because the only one that can make you okay is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he can keep you in the midst of a bad relationship. Yes, he can. Matter of fact, if you don't have, I can't promise you a yellow brick rose. I can't promise you that your life is going to be easy. I can't even promise you that God will fix your difficult marriage. I can't even promise you that you're going to get married one day. The only thing I can promise you that I know somebody who is able to meet you where you at and take you where you need to be. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. The best thing that ever happened to you, his name is Jesus. We are looking for everything in the wrong places. Listen, I was looking for something. Don't even know what I was looking for. Perhaps what I was looking for 
with unconditional love. I was looking here, there, and everywhere. But what I discovered, I had it all the time. All I had to do is open up my heart, open up my soul, open up my mind. His grace, his grace, his grace, his grace is sufficient to keep you. I tell you what, he'll make you run when you don't know what you're running for. I tell you what, he'll make you cry when you're happy. I tell you what, you'll start shouting all by yourself. Is there anybody who know what I'm talking about? You know for yourself that he's good. Not just sometimes, but all the time. Oh. He's a keeper. Oh, he's a way maker. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. Listen, he made you. If he made you, don't he know how to fix you? If he made you, don't he know how to keep you? If he made you, don't he know how to fill you? If he made you, don't he know how to love you? If he made you, won't he take you where you need to be? And he'll make you satisfied on the inside. There's something about Jesus that makes everything, that makes everything, that makes everything okay. His grace, his grace, his grace and mercy, his grace and mercy will keep you. Well, you can't keep yourself. I hear something. I hear some knocking. There's knocking at the door of your heart. He says, let me in. I've been standing on the outside for too long. If you let me in, I'll show you. I'll love you. I'll fix you. I'll mow you. I'll trap you. I'll lift you. The primary relationship for intimacy is God. Until you have it with him, you can't have it with nobody else. Hold on, let me add another one to it. And when you have it with him, you don't need it for anybody else. Hold on. Not that you don't be open to the extra blessings that he brings. But it's not that you desperate. It's not that you settle for anything. You got a standard. That if they don't bring something to the table, then they have to leave the table. (laughs) 
You're allowed them to call you every name under the book, you son. If they can't call you by your right name, they don't call you at all. Time out for them calling you a female dog. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. Because if you don't respect yourself, nobody, nobody will respect you. But when you know, when you know in whom you believe in, when you know he loves you, when you know he'll keep you, when you know he'll come see about you, when you know he got purpose for you, when you know, no, 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 no. You go to show by yourself, go out to eat by yourself, enjoy yourself, have a party all by yourself, put on some gospel music, have a hallelujah good time in your car, be rocking the car. experience with your creator that surpasses anything else. That means that there is an experience with the living God. I'm not talking about relationship. I mean, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. That will surpass anything else. You are a spiritual being that is in a body and God deals with the spirit of you. And the spirit of you is greater than the body. The spirit of you is the essence of who you really are. And when you touch for your creator who knows you intimately, when he touches you, it brings about a change. See, you can be in the church but not of the church. Your name is on the roll, but you really don't know him. You have to let him in. And when you let him in, there's a change that happens on the inside that will show up on the outside. I mean, all of a sudden, there's some light in your eyes. All of a sudden, people would swear you're putting Vaseline on. There's something about you. Folks that don't even know you will look at you and know you're a child of God. There's something about you. Don't you know that God knows what he's doing and what he does? He do it right on time. God wants you. you know, 
understand that. It wasn't us wanting God. It was God wanting you. Wasn't you seeking God? It was God knocking at the door of your heart. In spite of you. Not because of you. In spite of you. No matter how messed up, low down, dirty you been, he still haven't cast you out. He still loves you in spite Heaven is yours because Jesus paid the price. God poured judgment on him so judgment don't have to be poured out on you. God is a holy God, but he's a loving God. His holiness was satisfied by Jesus who was sinless, who died on the cross. And what he does is he's input, or he put into your account Christ's righteousness. But you got to be in Christ. You got to know him for yourself. You can't tell me that you know him and can stay the same. You can't tell me that you know him and stay exactly the same. There has to be a change somewhere. And there's nothing too hard for God to change. When you sow to the Spirit, the Spirit of God will come alive in you. When you give it to Jesus, He will come alive in you. Is he knocking at the door of your heart? Why don't you let him in? I got preachers here that will pray with you. They will show you how to let him in. Everyone in here messed up from the floor. But some of us have let him in. And he has made all the difference in the world in our life. And what he, would, what he has done for others, he will surely do for you. Today, he said, you got me. My grace is sufficient. My love will carry you through. My forgiveness will forgive whatever you have done. Just come. Just come. Just answer the call of God as he knocks on your heart. He would no wise cast you out. But he's calling you from out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. He's good. Not just sometimes, but he's good all the time. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. As we stand, are you here today? Is God calling you? Come on.
at the end of that. We're going to shut the doors by